Welcome to the Constructed Futures Podcast. I'm Hugh Seaton. Today I'm here with Arnie Hayes-Kennan, construction innovation agent and founder of AEC-Business.com. I've known Arnie for a while. He was actually one of the first people I interviewed for my book. He really knows this space. And today we want to talk about situational awareness on the construction job site. That can mean a lot of things. And I want to have, I want to start, Arnie, with, first of all, welcome you to the podcast. And, and next, tell us what we mean. Okay, Hugh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, situational awareness, it's a, it's a tricky term and it it doesn't originate from the construction industry. It has been in other industries already for years. But in fact, what we need, uh, what we mean by situational awareness is um, simply that we know every time on the construction site and also outside the site where we are, where uh, where we are in terms of schedule, the use of resources, what is the status of each process on the site, what's happening in the logistics, and uh, where people are. So <laughs> it's basically uh, knowing in real time where everything is and what's happening. And I think you can look at the, the problem from a couple of angles, right? One of them is, are we pulling all the right data together? And I think you're starting to get better at that. But the, at least as important is how you're sharing and representing that that awareness. Which which do you think is 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 you know less well developed right now? Well, actually, I just uh, uh, yesterday I was uh, taking part in in, uh, in a workshop which was focusing on this item specifically, and there were number of people from uh, from the industry. Um, discussing this topic and and what we found out is that nowadays typically the situational awareness is very much uh, person dependent so there are certain persons on the site who have a, a fairly good understanding of where where the uh, site is going but uh, in general we don't, for example, have a real-time picture of the schedule, what's happening, and uh, how we are in terms of, of following uh, up on that schedule. So it's um, th that's one thing that even the basic idea of of, <laughs> of the schedule is unclear often, and also uh, what has completed has been completed already on the site. You have to walk there and and see yourself. So it's very much dependent on on human uh, um, see, uh, seeing uh, on the site uh, personally and walking around asking people. So there is no one place where you can go and see that what's, what's going on. So I, it sounds like the, the issue is a, a third one. So I said before is collecting all the data and then share, sharing or sorry, showing the data, representing it. It sounds like what you're saying is at least as important is is sharing it is that some people know some things, but it, it everybody doesn't know everything, and maybe that that that's what we're, we're we should be focused on fixing. Does that sound kind of where your head was going? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, there are several ways we can make it easier nowadays. We even without any digital technologies, we can have, for example, some I know some uh, job sites have uh, kinds of uh, 
bulletin boards where they place the schedule and some um, uh, floor plans and so on. And that's one really good uh, way to to communicate visually. And visual management actually is one of the uh, one of the aspects of of uh, uh, situational awareness. How do you make visual what's what's going on and what's going to happen? I, I, you know, I think what what I hear certainly when I talk to folks that are, are superintendents. I mean, that's kind of their job, right? Is to keep an eye on the the, the whole job mm. um, and and have an awareness of what's going on. And typically, they're doing that by walking the site in the morning and then you know continuing to walk the site in a little bit more of a focused way during the day and having meetings during the day. Um, what do you think that that practice is missing? Well, people are typically quite lazy <laughs> to to record anything, and, and especially when you have to manually start recording things on paper. Um, that's one thing that do you actually uh, collect all the data and record it accordingly? And, and the next uh, thing is that how, how can you share it with others if it's on paper? I know that we nowadays, at least here in Finland, mobile apps which allow you to record, for example, quality issues are are used more and more often. But still, um, when it's dependent on your personal choices, what, what you do, what you share, uh, that may be the problem. And, the, the, and there is also a problem uh, that, that if it's not systemized, the whole process, then it's um, easier to... Some people are are more eager to do it than others i guess yeah so so again kind of defining what we're what we're talking about is it may be in some one person's head but that that doesn't help everybody so what you're saying is you know what what's lacking now is a way to 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 transfer what somebody knows you know learns from their walkthrough and then what happens during the day into one picture that everyone can see is that is that what you're saying you you see a need for yeah, that's exactly. And for example, if you think about logistics and uh, and the deliveries of of materials and and equipment and tools to the site, if you're out, if you're not there and you want to know when to deliver, for example, exactly, you have to, for example, uh, simply do a phone call, or or maybe see yourself in some out dated schedule when you're supposed to deliver and and obviously many times it it doesn't coincide with the reality of the site yeah actually i remember when you and i spoke in the again it's about a year ago when i was writing the, the the book you mentioned um that some statistic that things on site often get moved as many as what was it six times or something yeah. like that yeah that's typical yeah six times and also here in Finland, especially now that we have snow, we see on construction sites, we see piles of things stored on the site. They have been delivered too early and then they stay in the snow and they get, get wet and, and so on. So that's, that's if you think of a, an industrial production, for example, a car factory, it would right. be in, incomprehensible to do that. Right. That's interesting. I mean, it, it, it says to me, you know, we're, we've talked about, uh, we haven't, but you hear about digitizing the paper workflow, which mm -hmm. is absolutely, and that's what the Procores of the world and the Autodesk uh, Construction Cloud are looking to do and Trimble, um, as well as many, many others. 
Um, and that's obviously necessary. But what you're talking about is kind of another level, right? Is is collecting things that aren't necessarily on even on paper yet. Some of them maybe, but um, and and tying them together in in new ways. So there's a there's a different picture of what, or a more 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 specific and more detailed picture of what's going on. Exactly. Yes, and 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 uh, one thing that we, we were discussing yesterday was that how can you trust any data or information coming from the site if it's uh, done by a human? How how can you, for example, evaluate the readiness or the completeness uh, of of a, of a certain job? Um, so we have both subjective uh, evaluations and then we have these this data that comes automatically from digital systems, for example, reality capture, machine, uh, IoT sensors, uh, and and so on. So uh, there are there are differences, and and I think that people are not eager to to do everything manually. So the more manual work, even if it's done on on a mobile device, it's um, the more ma ma manual work you do, the more you feel, the more you feel that you're not actually creating value, <laughs> as you should, but you're instead you're doing pa paperwork. Yeah, that's I mean that's the the ever present problem with data, right? Is there it is effort to to produce and collect it. Um, and what's interesting is you hear people talk about data collection on the job site that is designed by people who aren't on a job site. Therefore, it, it, not always, but too often. It isn't necessarily the way, the fastest way to, to gather that data, um, you know, when somebody's out in the field. Uh, you know, typing, typing in, you know, into your mobile device it sounds easy and obvious to people that are sitting there at a desk. But, you know, when you're wearing gloves and it's cold out, it's maybe not the most obvious thing to do. Yes. Uh, and um, that's why, for example, Alto University, Alto University uh, is um, Finnish university here in helsinki they have they are right now uh, researching and testing several types of reality capture and machine learning uh, iot technologies that make make this data gathering auto automated so i i, th I see great potential in that and for example I, I just heard yesterday that we are going to see a spot robot here in helsinki <laughs> walking uh, um, on a construction site, and um, uh, hopefully, I, I get to see what how, what and how it can actually operate in in that environment. Um, that's really interesting. That that's this you know spot as an opportunity to kind of wander around and just be passive, well, quite passively, but no human is is pushing it to do it. Um, very very interesting. How else are they? I mean, are they assuming that there's some level of um, uh, that there's some level of additional hardware that's put there. So whether it's new cameras or it's other, I mean, the problem with IoT always is what are you, what's the hardware that, that you're asking people to either buy, maintain, be aware of? It's just a new thing. How, how is, is that something that, that um, you know, you've heard people talking about? Yes, indeed. And, uh... There have been, I know, several pilot projects where they have used IoT sensors for every room in, in a, uh, for example, in an apartment building construction site. And they say that it's actually something that they wouldn't like to do next uh, in the next project because uh, 
it's extra work to install and take care of those and and see that they are not uh, damaged or so. So there is certainly, um, if you're just fixing items, uh, there is a certainly extra work. But for example, one of our clients, a a site, which is Finnish uh, artificial intelligence startup, they have solved this problem so that they have actually a guy called called a, a digital engineer who does the walking and and um, inst- installs the sensors and so on, and has a helmet camera when he walks through the site. So there's a certain role, a new role, a digital engineer who is actually doing this. That's an interesting aside. I'd like to just kind of explore with you for a minute. You know, we have a, we have a, a, a kind of a core group of trades, and then you have other trades that are not they're, they're all vital and they're all important. But you think about MEP, you think about framing, you think about um, you know steel and iron and and, this, and the structural group, and then cement and so on. But then there are folks that that are a little bit le- you know that are, are a little bit less. They're not in everything. Uh, whether it's landscaping or whether it's you know exterior gla- you know glaziers and stuff like that, um, I mean everyone needs windows, but not everyone needs the shell to be to be glass, for example. Um, I wonder if we're looking at the emergence of a new trade that is that is digital IT, um, you know, what inside and outside, right? Because you're, you're not you're not doing the IT system. For a for the uh, for a tenant for a company that's going to occupy this the building, but the building itself, both the process of building it as well as what you know once it's operating, the building itself increasingly you're expecting it to have an i an IT layer. Is that something you've heard people talk about? Yes, uh, uh, yes, that's also something that I, I've I've heard and uh, and um, I, I think that. There is a an interesting scenario that maybe buildings will become more like interfaces to to yeah. the digital <laughs> uh, uh, environment. So I think that they are they there's something going on certainly, and this already starts during the construction uh, phase. Well, it has to. I mean, I, that's why I ask. Is that if you think about everything from where we, we all believe augmented reality will likely go with glasses that are everyday you know, devices, something has to be speaking to them. And it could be the, the global internet, but it often can be something local. But even just the fact that display technologies have gotten so cheap and so powerful that you have to assume that the, the volume of data going through a building in terms of just what users use, not, not, uh, not what managers or facilities managers have to think about, is getting to a place where you know, successfully serving all of that content is is one of is becoming one of the building's functions in a way that was not so. It isn't really true now, except for some specialist buildings, but it will become more and more true as as things develop. Yeah, and and I I recently heard about a construction site where they are uh, using um, uh, lean construction and tact production. And they have marked the different areas on the site with different color, uh, colored lights, lights, so that you can see that area green is actually green. <laughs> so uh, it's 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 interesting. And they can also 
project uh, uh, information on walls and so on. So that that's happening already. Yeah, I, I'd like to. Uh, that was fun talking about you know wh whether it's a new trade or it's a, the electrical trade or whatever. Um, but I, I want to come back to the, the central point here, which is uh, situational awareness and talk. So, so you you know talked a little bit about how it's it's inconsistent. It's not where it needs to be. What's what are some of the benefits of of getting to a level of and well, let me let me back up. Do you think of that in terms of levels? Like like you know someone's at I mean no one's defined a taxonomy, but but you know there's low levels, mid levels, high levels. Is that is that an accurate way to think about this? Yeah, I haven't really uh, come up with the, that that kind of level uh, classification, but yeah, surely there there are uh, certainly levels. Um, I, I think that's something that we should do. By the way, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> come think, up with that about. that that maturity level idea. Yes, but um, in terms of, of what what are the benefits? Yeah, that's that's a good question because it's not clear yet. What are the actual benefits? But I would imagine that when you have, if you are basing your decisions on actual facts instead of what you think or or wish for, I, I think that that has to have some effect on risk management and um, keeping the construction site on schedule, uh, on budget, and 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 managing the risks is really essential here and also when when we are dealing with a, a large number of companies who are actually a network of companies on each uh, construction site every error every delay has a domino effect yeah. and uh, and that's why the profitability for example of, of construction is so poor in general and the productivity because everything's so connected that when somebody's not something's not working it immediately has an effect on 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 many uh, many participants of of the project and so yeah i i think that um, productivity and and risk management will be uh, one 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 of those things and also i would say that the motivation of individual workers when they can be sure that when they they come to their uh, work site, uh, their work phase. They actually have all, everything they need there. Everything ha has happened as planned. So there's not somebody else working on on your site, on your on your uh, job site, and and you can do what you were supposed to do, and then move move the next site. So I think that there are many benefits, but of course, who, who knows? Finally, what what this all will lead to. Well, it reminds me of um, what's it called? It reminds me of of what you know when you pe people talk about the Procores of the world. They they'll often say we're looking for a single source of truth. I mean, uh, this is true for for Dato, the, the you know a California company that uses voice to to for for folks in the field to be able to you know quickly access uh, construction documents. But but you hear the need for single source of truth all the time. And what I think you're arguing for is really deepening that definition from, you know, common access to the latest plans and, you know, but plans and, and it's kind of the New York U S version of what the blueprints and the, and the, the latest models, um, it, you know, deepening it to, to really understanding what's, what's been built, you know, almost in real time 
I mean, I think the, 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 the benefits you hear over and over again is so that you're sure that the inspector's coming at the right time, mm-hmm. so that you're sure that one trade is, is, ready, is able to manage their own. Because the thing that you forget a lot is that the trades are their own business uh, and a, you know, a trade contractor is their own business and they're managing a portfolio of small of, you know, components of other people's jobs. <laughs> so if, if they've got folks lying around or standing around waiting because they didn't understand when the, the trade before them would be complete, that's that's waste for everybody. Um, so I think what you're arguing for is really a, a deepening of, of, of single source of truth. Yeah, come to, come to think of it, I, I would say that we are talking about the digital twin of the construction site. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Just getting into the, the word digital twin, it's very funny, isn't it? It's it's like strategy or, or creativity or innovation. It, it, it means almost different things depending on where you are. I, but tell me what you mean by the word digital twin, because I, I love to have that one defined. Okay, yeah, that that's a good question. <laughs> there are so many definitions, but but you uh, mean something specific here because you're talking about you know the operations in real time. Uh, it's, so you're not talking about the geometry of the building. You're not talking about a model of of the building as built or or as meant to be built. You're talking about what's happening there, right? Yeah, it's it's actually um, as as the name says, it's a digital twin, which means that whatever is happening or has happened on the side, what's, what's there and what's going to be there actually is invol- in, included in the digital twin. So every, every aspect of the, of, of the actual construction, but also the process in a way, the process sees the process digital twin. <laughs> so, so it's, it's a really comprehensive uh, uh, concept. Yeah, it is. And it's a tough one to do because it gets back to what we talked about earlier, right? Is how are you collecting the data? So, you know, my understanding of, of digital twins started with General Electric and their um, the services they were providing actually quite some years ago, um, where they would have enough sensors in every jet engine mm. that the owner could see how it was functioning when it was over the Atlantic. Um, and as a result, understand, first of all, you know, their own risk, but also know if line up the right mechanics and the right, if necessary, the right parts when that plane landed. I mean, that level of, of accuracy is amazing. And obviously for a million dollar um, airplane engine, it's worth doing. How do you, I mean, the question is, how do you see us being able to get even close to that level of detail when everything is so analog on a job site? Um, well, there are, Probably, probably several ways to get there. But one thing is that when, when you are moving towards more industrialized construction, more and more things are prefabricated, uh, offline production, which means that you can also already during the production of that uh, part, part building part, you can actually include the intelligence <laughs> in that component or, or a collection of components. So that's one thing. And also I think that uh, the reality capture technologies, LiDAR, uh, drone imaging, cr- crane video, uh, spot robots uh, roaming around and so on, they will also uh, make it easier, not to, not necess- necessitate uh, uh, physical uh, sensors, but more more like 
um, sensing the the visual and comparing that with the with the digital model yeah i think i i, I agree with you i think that what what we're probably going to get to just because you know with some exceptions nobody wants to put nobody wants to manage a bunch of sensors that look like little boxes and it's 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 tough to know whether they're doing well or not you have to go ask somebody somewhere else as opposed to really relying on on machine vision and other ai enabled i mean this is the you talk about ai in construction a lot and i think you run into the data problem a lot but in this case you're asking somebody to take you know vision apis that somebody else has created i mean microsoft google all the cloud providers have really good vision APIs that you don't need to do very much. You need to train them a little bit, but they're, they're good at it. Um, I think that's a really interesting point is that now it's just the question of getting the cameras where they need to be, not really worrying. And the day-to-day -day folks on a site don't really have to worry about this, right? They just have to not, not freak out when a robot dog walks around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, of course, there's the question of when you're talking about information pertaining to to individuals working on the site. There is always worries about your personal information and, and your the the security of your data. But um, as far as I've seen that people, uh, work, actual workers on the site, they are really happy when they can, when it now becomes visible if their work is not well managed. So if if the management is not doing their work properly, uh, now the workers can visually show that. <laughs> so so they are not to blame. That they yeah they, I, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You're saying yeah, and 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 unfortunately nowadays, according to to the uh, research by by Alto University, for example, uh, workers can. The, the typical time they create value on a site is 30% of their time. So 70% is something else. It's waste. Yeah, and, and I think you're, you're right. I mean, to the degree we have better situational awareness from end to end. I mean, what, one of the things you hinted at earlier and I think is worth also discussing is um, thinking of it as a supply chain that, that you know, production begins somewhere else in a lot of cases. And then installation and production also happen on the job site. So knowing that something is late or wherever, you can you can avoid people standing around waiting for their turn, um, which is that at least some of where that 70% comes from. Um, obviously, people spend a lot of time in meetings and coordination, which also presumably you could um, streamline to some degree. Um, that's That's really interesting. Is that sort of where your head is also, is that situational awareness is as much a supply chain thing as a job site thing? Yeah, it has to be extended. And also, uh, it has to be extended to to design because design nowadays, nowadays we design as we build. So <laughs> it, it's not really, uh, a, there. there is no clear end of, of designing, at least to my knowledge. Uh, so, so also the situational awareness of, of this design is, important right I mean that is that is, the, the, the situational awareness of the design does come back to where I think there have been some some good strides made in terms of um, you know sharing of the most recent um, plans and 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 you know results of change orders and all that but nevertheless is it getting everywhere it needs to go and is it filtering as, as quickly as it might into 
into scheduling. Hmm. Have you seen folks start to really uh, approach some of what you're looking at? Well, there are certainly companies in in the USA. I, I know there are some companies there who are doing this, and also here in the Nordics. Um, but I think that in general we are still at the very beginning of this process. Um, this is really exciting. I mean, just the idea though of where it might go. When you think about how much faster, safer, um, ultimately more effectively um, products or sorry, buildings. Like, listen to me, I slipped up because I was thinking you're, you're starting to, to turn the process virtually into more of a manufacturing one and less of a, uh, a job shop installation one. Yes, I think that's about, about the time to do it now because it's, uh, it's really um, sometimes – if you go go to a construction site and you uh, and you compare it with something that you saw in the uh, fifty years ago, it's pr- pretty much the same. Better, 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 to- better tools and better, um, better toys. But but at the end of the day, it's still a lot of men, primarily, you know, pulling together a lot of pieces based on conversations. Is that is that yeah. a sound accurate to you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but but. Uh, but I think that we are on the way of more industrialized construction or more like manufacturing. But I'm not sure if it ever will be totally like that. But unless you start building in factories and just shipping containers. <laughs> well, the thing is manufacturing itself is, is the, the cool thing about it, actually, is manufacturing itself is, has changed where it doesn't have to be one long production line where you, you know, you do it, the more times you do it, the more you learn and, and you know, you get a, what they call a uh, productivity curve. Now, you know, things are so computer controlled that, that mass customization has become much more of a real possibility than, than we thought it was. Uh, so one-offs and short runs are still, still benefit from, from what a factory offers, you know, in terms of predictability and, and it's, it's a roof over your head. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right about that. And also, you mentioned touched on a really important uh, item uh, or issue with with situational awareness, and that's learning. How do yeah. we pass on the learnings from one project to another? And that's and when we get get data from situational awareness, we can actually start learning. I think the learning question and the re- reflection question is is, is a, definitely another podcast. So I'd like to invite you to come back. But for now, thank you, Arnie. This has been a really great conversation talking about situational awareness and, and you know what we need to do and maybe what we've already done. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, and uh, hope to talk to you soon.